Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Nine Inning Know It All podcast. And this is going to be another Great Plains Baseball Report edition because I have another guest who's connected to the Great Plains region, uh, not only with the school that he's coaching with, but also with the summer team that he's coaching. So today I have Antonio Garcia on. He is a grad assistant at the University of Kansas, and he is the head coach at Western Nebraska for the Pioneers. Antonio, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. So, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, Kansas down there, I know up here in North Dakota, we're snowed in. How's the weather down there for you guys at the moment? Yeah, you know, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, first half of the season. Um, got a couple home series in somehow. Um, obviously, you know, with the weather in the Midwest, it is kind of what it is. We got to deal with, we got to roll with the punches. Um, this weekend, we got to come down to Texas and it's 81 degrees last night, 90 degrees today. Um, we're loving it over here right now. Yeah, I think it was uh, 10 degrees this morning and I had to shovel my driveway for the third time in like three days. So I'm not feeling the 90 degrees, but hopefully this summer, hopefully at that point. Um, but for right now, how is the season going for you guys with the Jayhawks? I mean, have you guys been playing well overall? What's it like? Yeah, uh, uh, we had a pretty young team. So we've, uh, we've had some ups and downs so far this season. Um, had a really, really big win last night. Obviously, playing on Fridays, Thursdays um, in the Big 12 is really tough. Um, so to come out with a big Friday night win against Baylor was awesome for our team, um, for our confidence and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, hopefully after last night we can keep the ball rolling um, and, you know, collect some more wins in conference and make the Big 12 tournament um, and, you know, get it going from there. I think last night was a big win for our team, and I think we'll get we'll get it going in the right direction after that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you are a grad assistant for a lot of people who are maybe outside of baseball or outside of the college ranks, don't necessarily understand what that is. Can you kind of tell them what a grad assistant does with the team? Yeah. So uh, obviously it's just an excuse to, you know, have another guy, um, you know, help out with the team and whatnot. But um, so I'm in school still getting my master's degree, trying to learn how to coach and, you know, learning as much as I can from the staff that we have. Um, but, you know, I help Coach Price and, you know, all the coaches with whatever they kind of need, um, help with the infielders and the hitters. Um, but really, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can as a young coach um, while I, you know, earn my master's degree. Yeah, and then for people who don't maybe follow college baseball, there's a restriction on how many paid coaches you can have, that type of stuff. So where you get like football where there's, huge coaching staffs even basketball baseball is pretty limited so having grad assistants undergrad assistants it really does make a big difference getting more guys in there to hands-on to help out you know and and you work with with the infielders the catchers and, and the hitters so for you you know obviously this is a chance for you to learn to develop your coaching skills what are some of the biggest things you've learned as a coach in your time you know with, with Kansas yeah I mean obviously I don't know if you have been able to uh, learn about Coach Price in any way, but, you know, he's one of the most respected head coaches in the baseball game. He's been around for, for a long time at, uh, the, at Kansas for 19 years and the Division One level for about 25. So um, I'm just trying to take everything I can away from him um, to develop, like you said, to develop myself, um, to give myself the best opportunity, you know, going forward in the coaching game. Um, but I've learned a lot. I've learned what to do, what not to do, um, how to how to attack practices, how to attack games, how to attack 
you know, different situations with players. Um, so really, I can't thank, you know, Coach Price enough for like giving me this opportunity and, you know, helping me learn um, as I try and get my feet wet in this game. Yeah, and you mentioned kind of attacking practice. I think that is something that really separates, you know, winning coaches from coaches who are just there. You know, yeah, you can have skills, in-game management, all that type of stuff, but really the practices, they're what makes the difference, you know, in the for a long season because that's where you develop. That's where you really kind of see what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, 100%, especially like, like with the weather and stuff like that when we get back in January. And uh, teams in our league are, you know, coaching outside and playing outside and practicing outside and, you know, getting ready for the season um, with perfect weather. Um, we kind of have to adapt to our, you know, our weather and our situation. So um, he does a great job at, you know, putting together practice plans and executing them to the best of our ability with what we get, what we have. Absolutely. And then for you, I mean, once again, you're part of the, the coaching staff as a grad assistant, but you actually played at Kansas for a few years. What is it like for you to be able to transition from player into coaching? You know, that's something that's, you know, a lot of players don't necessarily understand how rare that is to be able to stay with the school you played for. Right. And I'm really, you know, excited that I got to do that, but it's also a super big learning curve for me. Um, when I, when I medically disqualified my junior year, um, and started as an undergrad assistant at KU, you know, a lot of the players on the team were some of my best friends, you know, so um, not going out to parties and not, you know, doing all the stuff that I like to do with them when we were teammates um, was a big, was a big challenge for me. Uh, the first year was tough, um, just like kind of trying to understand my role and understand what, you know, my responsibilities were. Um, but as time goes on, like you learn, obviously, and um, you know, it's been just such a great opportunity for me. Yeah, that's something just talking with, with J.M. Kelly just the other day, um, talking about how he's had to kind of learn that, that, that line where it's different, you know, especially at the college level. You know, you may have guys who are a little bit older. You may be a little bit younger. Um, but one of the things that he mentioned is kind of a little bit different is we get into summer leagues. I mean, obviously summer leagues have a different feel, a different focus. And with you being the, the head coach for Western Nebraska, the Pioneers, what is kind of your approach for that team as you get it ready for, for the season this summer? Yeah, so this is going to be my second summer back in Gearing as the head coach. So um, after the first year, you know, I kind of more have a more understanding of what goes on and, you know, how I want to approach things. Um, but I just want to get these guys ready. You know, all the guys, all the coaches that are sending me players um, are putting some – extra responsibility on me. Um, but my goal is obviously to win games. Um, nobody really likes losing summer ball for a lot of kids. Um, a lot of kids dread coming to summer ball. So if, if, if we can win games, it'll make it more, you know, enjoyable for them. But my goal is, you know, to have them come out to win some games, um, to help them to develop them so they can go back to their programs in the fall, you know, as the best version of their self, hopefully to make, to help their teams, you know, win next, next spring for them. And I know for me, you know, I've had the chance to interview Ryan Sires, who was a former head coach for, for Western Nebraska and, and Mikey Callia, uh, Callia, who's been on the team a few couple of years. And He's coming back this summer. Yes, he is. And I'm excited to see you guys when you come to Dickinson too. Um, but both of them have, have said over and over again, 
that it's that community around the, the pioneers is so amazing. So for you being the head coach and being in that community for the summer, what is it like for you, you know, deal with really the great fan base they have there? Oh, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, we draw, you know, obviously better than, you know, and Dickinson draws well as well, but we fans wise, we have some unbelievable support and, you know, it just makes it more fun for the guys, you know, um, they get to come out to the field every day and play in front of a lot of great fans. Uh, we have awesome host families. Um, I know a lot of teams, you know, struggle on that side of, uh, on that side of the fence, like getting host families and dealing with host families. Um, but we have an unbelievable host family situation and an unbelievable fan base. And, you know, it just makes coming to the ballpark, you know, more fun every day, like having that. And then for you, I mean, obviously, you know, road trips are a little different from, from Kansas versus the pioneers. I mean, it's just going to be a little different going D1 to summer ball, but looking at, at summer ball, when you guys have some road trips, because there's some pretty long drives you guys have to go through. What are some of the things you try and do to help the players out just kind of, you know, to make it through the 10, 11, maybe 12 hours on the, on the road. Yeah. So last summer was kind of brutal when we had to go to Idaho twice in two weeks. Um, this summer, I know we only have to go once. Um, but just, I mean, just being on the bus and summer ball and with a team, it's just, there's something special about it. Um, it's some, it, we play every single day. So honestly, it is like some downtime for the guys. They can relax, do what they need to do, you know, talk to the guys. Uh, there's a lot of mafia going on on the back of the bus. Like, I just think it's a really good team building um, time. And uh, last summer, I thought they took advantage of it really well. Um, obviously that, the, the two 14-hour uh, trips to Idaho in two weeks was tough. Um, and I think we came back on, you know, a little tired. Um, but for the most part, I think the bus trips are a great, a great time for guys to get close um, and share experiences and play games with each other and, you know, just build as a team. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's one of the things that, you know, talking with players at all different levels, when they talk about the road trips, it just something different comes out of them. It, they know that, hey – during that time, they had a chance just to talk, to relax, and, and all that type of stuff. But I know for, you know, one of the things I love about summer ball is kind of just the fact that, yeah, guys are trying to focus on getting better. But it seems like the last year or two, after we've had COVID and a lot of seasons were shut down, that summer ball has a little bit different feel to it. It's still just the, oh, I don't necessarily want to go do that. But it does seem to me like there's still a little more intensity in summer ball than there has been in the past do you still feel that way I do yeah and especially with the teams that I coach I try and you know bring bring that intensity to the field as well because obviously I'm medically disqualified I wasn't able to play anymore um nobody feels bad for you that you have to come play summer ball um you're you get to come to the field every day and play baseball like I I don't feel bad for you. Like you are so lucky and blessed that you get to come to the field every day and play baseball. Um, there's thousands of people that would rather be in your spot. So, right. Like nobody feels bad for you. And last summer I had a really, really great group of guys and everyone loved being out there. Um, so I didn't get a lot of that. Um, but I know what happens and I know guys get burnt out, but um, like I said, like nobody feels bad for you. You are so lucky. Like, your coaches sent you out here so you can play 65 games and work on your skills, you know, and go back to your school in the fall ready to go. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, 
And like I said last summer, I had a really awesome group of guys. Um, didn't get a lot of like guys not wanting to be there or anything like that. They had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun with each other, had a lot of fun playing. Um, I think, honestly, credit to the fans. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, if we play 32 home games with four fans in the seats, I think, you know, I think guys' attitudes change. Um, but playing with 1,000 to 1,500 fans a night um, makes it a lot of fun for those guys. Yeah, the, the energy brought by the fans does make a big difference with the players, I've realized, just to get them going. Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to get yourself moving, get yourself motivated. And having the fans there, it does make a big difference. And that's one of the things I love. And, you know, for you, I mean, obviously, being a head coach, being a younger head coach, what are some of the biggest things you've learned being in that role as a head coach? Yeah, summer ball-wise, um, obviously, as a coach, you always want to help somebody. You always want to, you know, throw your two cents in. And I learned this from Coach Price and, you know, Richie Price here at KU that um, – the guys that I have in summer ball are not my guys. Um, they're my guys for the summer, but they're not my guys. Um, coaches aren't sending them to me because I'm some hitting guru and I can fix everything that's wrong with their swing. Um, I'm there to just, uh, you know, guide them. If they ask for help, help, um, but not to really go out of my way um, to, you know, fix these guys' swings, change their stance, anything like that. Um, so that was a learning curve for me, just like kind of, you know, kind of sitting there watching guys, like thinking in my head, like I would really want to do this or I would really want to do that. Um, but just, you know, kind of understanding that, you know, these aren't my guys um, and just to help them as much as I can without, you know, changing everything about what, what, what they got going on. Yeah. That's one of those, those tough lines to draw. Cause you know, I've been around a lot of summer ball coaches who really know their stuff, but they also understand that, you know, the team they're playing for might be focusing on something completely different with them. And it might be a whole different path they're trying to take. And, you know, you have to respect that. But at the same time, like you said, you still want to win. And, you know, guys don't go out there trying to fail. They want to win as well. So, you know, it's just, it's, it is that tough line that is out there. But one of the things I've also noticed, you know, with, with baseball, and one of the things I love about baseball is the coaching community is really very tight-knit, very, you know, there's a relationship level that you don't see in other sports. So for you as a coach, you know, both summer and during the school year, do you kind of see that there's a different kind of mentality with coaches and how they connect and interact with each other? Uh, yeah, for sure. And obviously like, I don't have any other experience outside of, you know, Kansas, but coach price um, is one of the most well-liked men coaches in the country. Um, so I get to see him communicate with coaches, you know, obviously all the time. Um, and it is a little different in summer ball. Um, but overall, yeah, uh, coaches respect each other. Um, and it's a really tight, like you said, tight knit group. And it's really fun to watch um, and makes me really excited for the future. Um, just watching how close and, you know, you can talk to a baseball coach for hours about anything like, hey, like this happened. I pick up the phone and call my buddy. Uh, hey, this happened today. Why didn't we do this? Why did we do that? Just like there's always something to talk about. And I think that the group overall um, is pretty special. Absolutely. So thinking back to, you know, obviously your playing career, what actually brought you to Kansas? What got you to choose that as your destination to, to play? Yeah. So from San Jose, California, I kind of went a long ways out to Lawrence, Kansas. Um, 
but I really wanted to, you know, kind of get away from home, kind of get to a, to a big school, um, have a really nice college experience, you know, outside of baseball, which I was able to have at Kansas. Um, Coach Price came out and recruited me and, you know, it was one of the biggest blessings in my life. Um, but I, yeah, you know, I just really wanted to get out and, you know, have that college experience with, you know, the big program. Um, obviously the basketball program at Kansas is pretty good. Just won a national championship. Um, <laughs> but you know, just stuff like that. Like I wanted to get out and, you know, have that super awesome college experience, um, and play baseball at a, at a power five, at a power five level. Um, so that, that, that's kind of what brought me to Kansas. And then obviously, man, it's a pretty big change. You go California out to Kansas, a little bit of change weather-wise and everything like that. So kind of for you, how did you make that adjustment? I mean, not only with, with weather and, and location, but also with, with school. I mean, what all went into that transition for you? Well, I bought a lot of clothes uh, <laughs> because it was cold and I was not used to the cold. Um, but it, being, on a t- like, being on the team made it a lot easier as a transition because – obviously there's guys all over the country on the team too. Um, and just, you know, being able to connect and bond with them all the time, um, uh, definitely made the transition easier. Yeah, I definitely understand the, uh, buying a lot of clothes. I know since I've been in North Dakota, I have a brand new wardrobe and it's uh, quite quite crazy at how much clothing I now ha- own at my house. So. Yeah. I, whenever I look at the weather at home, I get kind of sad. <laughs> it's, it's always sunny in 75. And I'm freezing over here. I know. I, I've uh, I now own three winter coats, and I've never owned more than one in my life. So I'm uh, I'm getting up there. It seems yeah. like, <laughs> but it, it's you know it's one of those things where, you know, for me coming from the Northwest, it always felt like the Northwest was kind of overlooked baseball wise. But then when I moved out here to the Great Plains region, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, I completely overlooked them. I didn't think there was even baseball out here. I mean, to be honest, I just never really checked, but. Now that I'm looking at and really being here and seeing things, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Iowa, all these different states, there is some phenomenal baseball being played at all different levels. And really, it's fun for me to to be able to see that. But for you being able to coach at the college level and and see the talent at the high school level moving up, I mean, do you see that level of talent out here that maybe most people don't see? Yeah, uh, I think coaching summer ball opened my eyes, you know, more than ever, Um, obviously, because I was... I came straight to college out of high school. So um, kind of just like understand the division one level. And then once I got out to summer ball, um, it became extremely clear to me how much talent there is at all levels of baseball um, from division three to division two, obviously division one, junior college, NAIA. Um, some of the guys that are playing at these schools at some of these different levels are extremely talented and it's fun to watch in the summer. Um, because obviously they obviously don't get as much, you know, attention and credit as they deserve as we do, you know, at the division one level, but coaching summer ball opened my eyes to see just, just how much talent there is at every single level. Um, if you're playing college baseball, you are extremely talented at, but it just, it's crazy to me that I never really realized, you know, how much real talent, um, was at every division of baseball. Um, and it was impressive to see and, you know, exciting to see that there is so much good baseball going on um, around the country that isn't just what you see on TV and Division One, And, um, it, yeah, like, it's just awesome to see. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, for me, kind of as I covered more and more college baseball, because I always thought 
D1 was, you know, top of the line, of course, and then everything else was a huge drop-off. And I'm realizing, no, I've seen summer ball teams that were all D1 guys get smashed by summer ball teams that were NAIA and JUCO guys just because they knew how to grind it out and play it. And just, it's a lot of fun. I, that's why I love summer ball. You get that mix of guys, all different levels, but they all have the same respect for each other because they know college baseball is college baseball. And that's the thing I think I've seen the most is players realizing and respecting players at every level across the board. And that's fun to see as, as a fan. No, I'm sure. And yeah, like I said, the group I had last summer, um, it was a mixed group again, a lot of division one guys, a lot of um, Juco guys, but they all connected right away and um, nobody's ever going to be like, Hey, I'm D one. So I'm going to make you like, do like, the, there's none of that. If there was, I would stop. It would stop real quick. Someone would get sent home. Um, but the guys get a lot, like my biggest goal is for me to bring in a group of guys that can mesh and get along so well. Um, because I think that's like a really key, key to success. Obviously we had a lot of success last summer. Um, and I think it was a testament to the guys and how, um, they bonded and, you know, how they came together as a team from, you know, all over the country. Um, and the quicker that, um, a team can do that, the quicker that the team can do that this summer, um, the quicker that I think we'll find a lot of success. Yeah, absolutely. And then Antonio, for you, still being a young coach, someone who's trying to develop things like that, you know, what advice would you have for an, another individual who maybe wants to get into coaching? Maybe they're finishing their, their playing career and they want to coach. What would be your advice to them as they move into that, that next stage of their career? My biggest thing is take advantage of, you know, the resources you're given. Um, Obviously, if you're getting if you're just getting into coaching, you know, your head coach, your assistant coaches have been in the game longer than you have. Um, ask a lot of questions. Um, uh, I'll catch myself. I'll be in the dugout of our game last night. We're playing Friday night at Baylor, you know, on one of the biggest stages and uh, one of the best co baseball conferences in America. And I'll walk down um, and ask a question. Um, hey, six. Hey, skip. Like, why did we do that? Why didn't we do this? Um, and just ask as many questions as you can um, because you're in a stage of your coaching career where you need to learn as much as you can. So when you move on, you can, you know, handle it yourself. But uh, my biggest piece of advice is definitely ask a lot of questions. Um, I know God knows I do um, just so you can try and, like I said, learn as much as you can um, take advantage of the resources. Absolutely. That is great advice. And, Antonio, I appreciate you taking the time to be on this morning. I know that uh, the Pioneers come to Dickinson twice this summer, um, and I plan on getting there at least a few times to, to check out the games, see what's going on, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, to, to meet you in person and, and talk with you again. Absolutely, me too. Yeah, we'll for sure get together in Dickinson and uh, look forward to seeing you, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Antonio Garcia. He's a grad assistant for Kansas, and he is the head coach for the Western Nebraska Pioneers, uh, a program, like I said, I've actually had a few people um, from that organization uh, be on here. Ryan Sires, the former head coach, uh, Mikey Callier, he was going to be, uh, I've had him on the show as well, and he played for Lower Columbia. So um, I, I'm just excited. Once again, it's more people that I haven't met but I'm going to get to meet this summer, you know, so that's fun for me. It's more talk 
more baseball, more stories. And, you know, I appreciate everybody taking time to listen to this. It's been fun. I mean, I've been snowed in. I think we're going to get outside and actually go to a store today. I finally have everything cleared out. The plows have come through, I think, three, four times now on the road. So we should be able to drive uh, to the store and be fine. But it's been fun to be able to interact and do these things Why I'm at home. Uh, we've done four shows in three days, four days, something like that. So uh, it's been awesome. And, I, and I've had a lot of fun talking some baseball, but I'm ready for the snow to go away. I'm ready for the sun to come out. I'm ready for some baseball to be happening in person. At this point, I've been to three games, I think. So I need more than that. I need more than that. It's the middle of April. I need more games than that. So with that, guys, thanks for listening. I am Josh, the Not Any Know-It-All. Until next time, watch some baseball, enjoy the spring, and talk to you guys later.